Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, Can't We All Just Get Along? This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode one of three. My original title for this message went kind of like this, So You Want to Be Loved by All. Now that is a heavy thought for people who are trying to live the old life while having been born into a new family. This is somewhat necessary to understand as we become dead people walking. At some point in my life, I came up with a phrase that was something like this. The most difficult thing you will ever have to do is continuously die while living. We are told that we must die to all that is, to die to all that we were in order to run most effectively for God and as evidence that we are crucified with him. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Because I strive to be the living dead, that is, to be to me, I will experience the same things that he experienced in his life. I am of the thought that the more you become Christ-minded and in Christ-likeness, choosing to walk in the fullness of what God has called you to walk in, the less religious friends you will have. No doubt your friend list changes with the non-believers upon your moment of being authentically born again. But also as you grow as a believer, you will begin to see that there are a lot of players out there. Look before you get mad. Luke 13:24. Strive to enter through the narrow gate For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Now you see, I don't make this stuff up. A.W. Tozer stated that along with many others, that the higher you go with your Christianity, the more narrow your group of friends become. It can truly be a lonely journey to maturity fullness. I see this active Christianity like a triangle or a funnel. That is, those who are authentically born again not the wannabes, which only on their own terms will they allow God to enter their presence, but the real deal dead Christian. Your friend group narrows as you run your race to win. Think about it. There are many who line up at the starting line of life and few who cross the finish line fully completing their purpose. Okay, so look, you want a real example? I will give you the one that just dropped off God's table and bunked me on the head. All kids believe in God. But as life goes on, many, many, many of them fall out of the race. Not that all are God's kids, for we know that both God and Satan have kids. Listen to the C.D. Seedley message. But that many, if they, were only trained to win in this life in God, and that winning at life was actually only possible in God, then more would cross the finish line. Youth suicide in part happens because of the absence of God in their life. For no one knows who is an authentically born-again Christian who strives to know God would do such as cut. For no one who is an authentically born-again Christian who strives to know God would do such a thing. I know of no example of this in the Bible. Okay, see what you did? I want to go into 50 different directions right now. I will let Corinthians rescue me. Or is that you? At any rate, let's get back to the race for a minute. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27 Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, 
but one receives a prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. See, many started, but only one wins. Now thank God this is not the case with God insofar as I know. There should be, but more than one Christian who wins in heaven. But that Paul is saying, as if it were possible. Verse 25, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable cut. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And this is what he means when he says to run the race as to win first place. Ta-da, the triangle or funnel. Now, if you are hearing me, this is a pretty serious thing. Run. What? No. No, I just want you to attend a church and be blessed. <laughs> be careful he doesn't find you welded to your armchair when he decides to take you home. Again, I want to go into your soldiering on and how the church is structured to be a military-style disciple-making machine address. But I already have a message that chats about that, titled Church Purpose. Please grab a listen. So I think about the person who coined the phrase, jumping on the bandwagon, and how they must have experienced this as a believer. Yes, of course. They must have been a believer, right? No, I'm not sure. But what I am sure of is that many will try to get in and won't make it. For many of those, it will be because they just wanted to get along with everyone, as if they had no enemies. They gave no thought to the fact that within the whole Bible, there is clearly two sides at war. I do not know of any, not that I am a war expert by a very long, long shot, wars whereby there were three enemies fighting against each other at the same time. If such was the case, it seems that sooner or later, one of them would have joined the stronger of the two remaining so as to avoid defeat. There are two seeds active on this planet, those of or from God and those of the enemy. Genesis 3:15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Again, for more on that topic, listen to the CDC Things message. Now, I'm not highlighting everyone in Christianity, nor picking on any certain group or group type. And for sure, I'm not talking about the false religions of the world. They are not in the way. That is a capital W. I am, however, talking to the believer that gets offended at correction, at a fellow believer's maturity, and maybe even their humility or their teaching. Wait, wait, didn't that happen to Jesus? Didn't his own peeps now and again get offended? I have even gotten offended at the gospel preached out of the mouth of a more mature believer than I. This is what the gospel does. Look, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ouch, this is not a painless process for most of us. So whoever said truth was painless to the believer doesn't actually exist. That lie had to come from the devil. You see, it is one thing to be saved and another to be transformed and or sanctified. Truth will transform the way you think and feel about God. And aren't we to be anyway? Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, as this transformation occurs, eventually, people will go out of their way to hate you and to even hurt you or to defame your character. Please do not think the devil came to play nice with you. Depending on where you are in a ministry, both in maturity and in location, they may even kill you. How's that for an opening, or rather, a middling? So let's look at some responses from people who thought they were of the same position in God as a leadership. Ha! Isn't that one of the attacks leadership has to endure? There's always someone who wants to exalt their throne above the stars of God. Isaiah 14, 13, 14. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You see, in many cases, the enemy comes from within the organization. The whole of the spy industry is this case in point. Isn't Numbers 16 evidence as to this happening? And what say not of Numbers 12? Now, I know Isaiah 14 is talking about Satan, but didn't I already say that he has kids? Okay, so look, Moses sent 12 spies to spy out the promised land and to see what's up. You know what they found? Giant food and giants to go along with that food. Now, two of them, Joshua and Caleb, had different responses to the giants, which is that they believed which is that they believed we had a giant God to handle the little giants. But ten of them fellows thought trickery of God and that he would send them into such a place as a setup. Your very destiny and promise will require war to get you into it. Numbers 13 and 14, 11. That is Numbers chapter 13 through chapter 14, verse 11. Yes, I know, it is yet another message, and in another message. But for the sake of time and space, let's get some grapes. Numbers 14.10 And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Well, that's it for today. Have the grapes turned yet? Time for some cavalloni. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through in people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe buttons. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks to see you next time in deep waters.